D-S-N-Y. back a dinosaur story oh wait no we're back yankees mets express yeah um, ha- how's it going folks yankees Mets express with josh lean and kiyoshi we are here so uh, you haven't heard from us in a while and that's because for some reason or another the file which we recorded last week got corrupted uh technology hates me but mm-hmm. it's good because we've still got lots to talk about i know kiyoshi's got some opinions um now uh I opened with a rant a a few weeks ago, as we all know, with uh, the Nets NBA gentrification, uh, which we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about that today. Kiyoshi, (laughs) you've got something like it involves the Yankees, the Knicks, and you said right before we I hit record, you getting catcalled. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, so um, I know this is a kind of a very unorthodox way to to start this, but I was thinking about just the the New York sports landscape and it's very it's a very very like i guess upside almost like bizarre world kind of situation where the mets are doing a lot better than the yankees when over the last couple of years it's been the other way around um we're up to i think we're on our worst uh start since i believe 1997 yeah five yeah five and ten 97 right so but then, at the same time, I've also been seeing some some memes around the, I guess, the social media that the Knicks <laughs> had to sacrifice the Yankees so that they can be good. You you saw, you saw the Thanos meme. Yeah, I know. And but at the same time, it's kind of true. They've won as as of the recording on April twenty first. The Knicks have won, I think, seven straight. Right. Yeah, seven yeah. straight. And now we're getting. To, I guess now the Knicks, I'm sorry, now the Yankees are getting to see what it was like on the other foot. And I, and my analogy, like I just brought up to you, Josh, about getting caught on the street was this little quick story to kind of tie everything together. So I was on my way to, I was uh, on lunch from work. I was, I think I was grabbing some food and there was, it was actually a, a, an older homeless woman that she didn't quite catcall me, but she was, you know, I, but like anyone that lives in the city, you're going to come across people that are homeless asking for change. Um, the point being is that she was like, hey, handsome, how you doing? Yeah, we change. And it really caught me off guard because I didn't have like a, I'm, I, one, I didn't expect her to say that. And two, I didn't have like any witty retort. But I guess my point is, is that Especially for women, catcalling is not something that's welcome to women. I'm sure, Lean, you you would you would agree with. And to yeah. to be on the receiving end of what could be perceived as a catcall was, I'd felt a bit uncomfortable, which I can only imagine what a lot of women go through on on the regular. So I bring that to uh, the Yankees in terms of we're off to a six and ten start, even though we just won yesterday. We're up to a six and ten side, which is one of our worst starts of the year. And I think what's so interesting is the Knicks, and this is kind of brings me up to my second point, is that the Knicks and the Yankees kind of mirror each other. Because if you think about the Knicks, the Knicks are, I think, the first I think they have the, the number one ranked defense, right? But yeah. offense is, I think, below average. It's like below, I think it might be like in the 20s or something like that. It might be even lower than that. But I feel like with the Yankees, it's almost the exact same thing. Great pitching. Well, I guess decent starting pitching, except like once you get past Cole, it's, it's no, no, decent. it's not decent. It's bad. Hold on, hold on. Think, yeah. think about think about Kluber. Think about what Tyone did, even though he just even though he just had five innings, he did okay. And then the bullpen took over the rest and kept it scoreless. But the thing that I think kills us the most on on the Yankees is. We can't hit worth shit. I mean, if you look at our win, like it took Gio or Charlotte to hit a, a solo home run. It took a wild um, pitch, a wild and, a pitch walk. and then Mike Ford walking in, walking in the, the, the third run. That's what it took. It took 
it, it, basically we had we basically kind of stumbled in. We've, we yes, and in, in now I'm not gonna say we 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 didn't fail upwards, but we just kind of let the Braves just collapse in, into themselves. Hopefully, this can this can we can use this weird momentum to get on a bit of a winning streak to get you know get the bats heated up and heating up and, and whatnot. But that was just my my take on I guess the last couple of days. What do you guys think? Um, hmm. I know that was a lot. That was that was a lot. Um, Lean, why don't you go ahead? Because I, I had an article drive about this yesterday. I'll offer my two cents uh, last. So go ahead. Sure. I mean, I guess this means that we're starting with the with the Yankees today. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, well, yeah. Going back to kind of what I, how I just like interjected when Kiyoshi was speaking, the Yankees rotation is definitely not decent. That's not, I think that outside of uh, Garrett Cole, I kind of, since a couple of games have happened since then, I don't really have the numbers anymore, but the Yankees have like one of the worst rotations in baseball. If you take out Garrett Cole, of course. Um, So yeah, I think decent is definitely being generous. If we were decent, I think that would be, that would be great. But um, I will say that the bullpen uh, save for a few bad moments, has been good. Yesterday, I think a win is a win. It was a little concerning, and I found myself complaining out loud mm. multiple times yesterday, you know. Um, and I think if it hadn't been for some sloppy pitching by the Braves, the Yankees wouldn't have won, and you still saw some really concerning things with that performance. I think uh, Clint Frazier is a, a big – I'm sure we're going to get into more details, like, in a few minutes – but Clint Frazier is a guy who's still really concerning to me. I don't know if you guys have seen the stat. He, his streak, he's gone, I think, like 67 plate appearances without a ribby. That's second most in the league. Wow. Like that is, yeah, yeah it, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. That is. Yeah, and you just have some guys who like like Clint Frazier, for example, like Aaron Hicks. Oh, my God. They just look like the last place they should be is on a baseball field. And it's really it's yeah. not ideal at this point in time. But like like I said, we're going to go into more details. So I guess that was just the two cents I wanted to. Yeah, share. I mean, there's there's really not much you can say about the Yankees that hasn't already been said. Like, I'll yeah. say this much. The rotation behind Cole is it's very shaky. Like, but yeah. let's just, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, it's, but I'm going to point to my friend Alec, who we've brought up a bunch on this podcast, the, the ex-college player who now works as a coach. Yeah. Uh, now, this is important to note. Alec was a catcher, so if he's mm-hmm. saying something about pitching, you want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so yesterday, th- this is when the game was still scoreless. This is at 6.43 p.m. It's like, oh, it's after the first inning. Mm-hmm. He goes, this is what I think of Tyon. He's got the stuff. It plays for someone with two Tommy John surgeries under his belt. It was a good trade. He's going to have some bumps this year in terms of timing and locating his pitches, but his stuff in a vacuum can still play. So, and I think that's very accurate because we could see with Tyon, the velocity there, the location, it's there. He's finding his way there. Mm -hmm. considering, Considering where he is, he looks good. The rust factor is just big because mm-hmm. he hasn't pitched in almost two full years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Corey Kluber, meanwhile, I'm convinced he's done. Like, I that that apology is getting retracted. I mean, uh, dude, I'll be honest. As someone, obviously, like our listeners would know, Josh and I had a lot of back and forths. Kiyoshi, this was uh, before you like joined us. Josh mm-hmm. and I would have a lot of back and forths about. Corey Kluber because like obviously I didn't expect him to be like you know Cy Young Corey Kluber but I personally liked the acquisition and Josh was just like convinced that he wasn't he wasn't gonna get it done basically um so I Josh like I I completely I don't think what you're saying is irrational at all but I still haven't given up faith on Kluber it might be wishful thinking but I I haven't really given up um I think he could turn it around but definitely I don't think Kluber is enough to make this a good rotation no matter how good he is here's what I've seen across Kluber's starts like uh, because he's already he's said after his last start against the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. He he said, uh, "I'm still I'm moving in the right direction. I'm still kind of building yeah. strength, but I feel good." Mm-hmm. So 
pitchers are creatures of habit. They know their bodies better than anybody else. So whenever a pitcher says that, you have to take him at his word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, uh, against the, the Blue Jays the first time around, he got a little too stubborn. He's like, okay, I'm going to keep throwing that slider down and away. Even though they're not biting on it, I got I to gotta yeah. keep, keep going to it. Next thing you know, like they're not biting on it, and the walks are up. He's out after less than five innings. The mm-hmm. Rays, he just couldn't find the zone. Everything that did go wrong, uh, that could have gone wrong, did go wrong. It was Murphy's Law. Um, but with the Blue Jays, this last time around, even though the game he pitched, the Yankees lost on a walk-off, you could tell like he's still trying to pitch like vintage Corey Kluber. But the fastball velocity, which he didn't have much to begin with, is already its way down. Mm. And and as for the rest of the rotation, Jordan Montgomery, he, we know he can pitch. He's just got really bad luck and no run support. Uh, the the fifth starter, it's a revolving door until Sebi comes back. But, one, but like the point being, the the all this to say, the Yankees pitching, it's shaky. The lineup is the greater concern because I said this in my piece. If this is how a lineup responds to someone being gone, someone in this case being Luke Voigt, and I've already, I'm already, I'm monologuing here, so I apologize for that. I know we don't, okay. I know I don't, I know I don't like when I do that. Um, if Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are in the lineup together and healthy, and the only real absence is Luke Voigt, and this is how the lineup responds to that, I said this in my piece, invest less in analytics, invest more in sports psychology. Mm-hmm. because there's clearly something about this team where if one guy goes down, so does the rest. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Like, yeah, oh, 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 my, oh, my teammates hurt. This is professional sports. Guys, get hurt. Learn how to deal with it. This is not, it's not rocket science. It is, it, what happened to this team then in 2019, not only faced adversity, but embraced the adversity. Where is this team? Look, I mean... Josh, honestly, all I have to say to both of you, I think, is welcome to the club. I told you guys, this lineup, this is not it. This you and you it, the day by day now you hear more and more people jumping on this bandwagon. This lineup is not it. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying this lineup isn't it. Can. I'm saying I'm saying this lineup is frustratingly underachieving to the point where you have to like question. But they but, but they do this every single season, whether it be in the regular season to kick things off, whether it be in October. At one point or another, you see this lineup underachieve. This yeah. is a lineup that you're going to win a world series with i'm sorry i'm 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 sorry i i misspoke my point i don't mean to interrupt my my point more is that like these kind of struggles it's not exclusive to this yankees team we could go back to go back 20 years with the yankees but they won 20 years ago bro consistently Well, well yeah but at that but the point being the par for the course then was that you looked at um april or may like in one of those two months the yankees always struggled then and, and it's That's just... exactly what I'm saying. I understand your point. I know you're not agreeing with me that this like core can't win. I know that you're saying that they don't respond to adversity well, which is also a, a big part of the problem. I'm just saying that like even we see this in October too. This lineup does not. They are not good at handling challenges at handling pressure they can't get it done we always go into october thinking pitching is our biggest concern pitching ends up being fine and these guys just get up to a home plate and just look lost up there it's the same thing over and over again and this is just this is just it epitomizes it what we're seeing right now i'm telling you this lineup isn't going to win jack they need to they need to get a shortstop and they need to do something they need to upgrade at center field there's a lot of things that they need to do before they can think about winning this all being said last night, because when we got when my friend and I actually sat down, it was like the seventh or eighth inning, and we and we were keeping track on game day throughout most of the mm-hmm. game. Like one thing I will say about last night is that uh, even with the low run production and the means of how the runs were scored, the at bats are slowly but surely starting to look better. That is true. It's yeah. like and like and once you start like once you t- start taking a deep breath and just start working the count more, eventually you start seeing the ball more. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it's still a point of concern though because with this Yankees team that's supposed to be like on paper the second best team in baseball, mm-hmm. like for example, let's pretend th- this was the Dodgers, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't be like, okay, yeah, at least the at bats are good. Like you need them to be mashing from the get go. So 
you are right, and it is promising. It's just still like when you just take look at the bigger picture, it's worrisome. Well, I, I've I've said for years now. I say this in a group chat all the time. I don't care that the Yankees lose. I care that they that they have no effort when they lose. Oh, if, that too. If, yeah. if the if the Yankees were losing this game, but they were still getting guys on base and they were just missing out mm-hmm. on on with runs in scoring position, yeah, it's frustrating. But at least you can see they're fighting. They're fighting to stay in the game. I was at the game on Sunday. Like the moment the race scored, it was like, eh, yeah. okay, well, we're here. That's so. it. Yeah. Right. Oh. I think um one of the kind of to to add on, I was thinking about like what could the like what could Aaron Boone do? And I'm not sure if you guys picked up on this. One of the things that was brought up um during commentary during yesterday's game was that when Billy Martin was going through a similar stretch. He, you just picked names out of a hat and just made the line like that. They put in and put in like Chambliss at, at the eighth spot, like something, something like ridiculous shit. And they won. They had some success. And they really got me to thinking even before that point, like what can we do to shake the lineup up? And I think one of the, one of the things they can do straight off the bat is bump Jane Cole down, bump um, Sand down from fourth. He sh- there's no reason he should be hitting there at the low at like at most you put him maybe six just get, just try to get the like you mentioned just try to take some of the pressure off bring maybe um bring Stanton maybe down a fifth or, I don't know actually bring down a six bring Oshella up he's been the one that's kind of sort of been hitting decently. During this hey, he, he's been one of the best hitters. You're right. Right. So I, you might as well bring him up. I'm not saying bring him up to fourth. I'm saying bring him up to fifth. Bring him up to why not? fifth. Then maybe put um, who could you put a fourth? Uh, fuck it. Put Gary Sanchez. It's Sanchez actually fourth. Kiyoshi, I'm actually, Hicks, I, actually, I don't know. Kiyoshi, I'm glad you actually brought that up because if you look at the Yankees lineup yesterday, uh, one because the top four you have Lemayhew, Judge, Gardner, Stanton. I mean, I don't know. Gardner, I guess, makes sense in that in that spot just to kind of break up the righties. Also, oh, he's one of their best hitters. So yeah, well, struck out twice. Struck out twice yesterday. So even so, yeah. Um, but then, if you look at from five on down and five in order, Torres, Ford, Sanchez, or Shella Talkman, you could make the argument that Boone did pick out of a hat for those spots specifically because, <laughs> like, given how all of them are playing right now, yeah. like Mike, the fact that Mike Ford was batting sixth in his first oh, major league game of the season. That, comedy. Yeah. Comedy. But I, I but mean, I mean, I'll, de- I'll kinda, defend. He kind of was like the MVP of that game. He made the last out and helped and um, took the walk that brought in the, 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 I guess the final run. Yeah. Ford had the at bat of the game. Yeah. He, he kind of did with a really, with the most ridiculous mustache I've ever seen. He oh, I love it. I, I, I am nah, all nah, I am all nah, for mustache guy, Mike. Nah. No mustache Mike can stay. It, listen, if he keeps getting quality at bats like that and making good defensive plays, then fine. But Mike Mattingly Ford, let's do it. Oh no! Oh no! Mike Mattingly Ford. But one okay. So one of the things I did want to bring up to you guys, which I was kind of, kind of sort of rolling around in my head, and maybe this is my mad scientist mode is changing up the lineup to like try to as like a cheap way to produce runs is put maybe put put a garner back at at the lead spot the may oh, yeah. at second but just hear me out judge no, judge at third sanchez oh, yeah. fourth then i guess would be Urshela six Stanton seventh and Glaber would be seventh, I guess. Hicks would be eighth. The ninth would be who the fuck else am I missing? Um, Hicks. Hicks. Yeah, because so he said he said Hicks at eighth. Did I say? But Wait, the whole, Torres but, but, uh, it, it uh, doesn't matter. But anyway, the point is what, what Kiyoshi, I'm really getting... you, you, Kiyoshi, you had me at Gardner at first, so okay, I, I'm it, on board. I also feel like it's a it's kind of like a, a sneaky way to produce runs because then you, you get Gardner if you it's try beautiful. to get Gardner on base and then have Mayhew hit behind him and then Judge hit behind yeah. Mayhew maybe it could start to spark something just change the order so that it kind of helps to like take the pressure and gives more 
and kind of incentivize, especially for LeMayu, kind of incentivizes him to hit because you have a speedy guy on base. And I feel like for saying you're taking the pressure off him by moving him down to six. LeMayu's getting close though. I, I yeah, yeah, he's getting better. Yeah, I, I can is see. He? I can see. I, I can see um, in the way that he's making contact with the ball and he's starting to level out his swing a little more. He's still chasing balls down the zone, which drives me batshit up the yeah. wall. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's really bad. Hey, bro, he's wow! I didn't even know he's hitting three hundred. He's hitting three hundred, but it's an ugly three hundred. <laughs> I know, but okay, but it's but it's prettier yeah, than his ugly two seventy six. It it is prettier. <laughs> it's like just how just how look, this is a this is a good time to uh, for the to shift to the Mets. Just how DJ LeMay who was failing upwards into batting three hundred, the Mets are failing upwards into some wins. Yeah. Although, although to their credit, Marcus Stroman going off on the Rockies in Coors Field—that is a statement for the start. I, I kind of I want to give myself some credit here. Um, my brother and I both had like agreed on this, I guess, like well before the season started, and I think I said it on the pod a few times. I expected Marcus Stroman to have an absolute like to be an absolute beast this season. And oh, so yeah. far, that's exactly what he's doing. He is wheeling and dealing, and I think he's like an X factor for this Mets team. He's 3-0, and 0.9 ERA. Yeah, and the and the best and what I love about it about this the most is that he he's not striking guys out. Yeah, uh, he's doing it without the K's. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we all knew that. Marcus Stroman was good. We were, we all know angry Marcus Stroman is the best Stroman. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think, um, I think I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you guys, but I'm not sure if you guys noticed on Sunday, he was also wearing a do-rag. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was like, Legend. I, I mean, I wasn't sure what the MLB thought about like certain, I guess, certain headwear, but the Mets could, I mean, the Yankees could learn something from the Mets in terms of, loosening their stance on i guess on uh players i guess expressing themselves i mean baseball is a very it, it's america's pastime but if you really think about it it's kind of a it's a kind of a niche sport in a way like you either you either get it or you don't and hopefully the people that are listening obviously are are more into it um the other thing i want to mention was that little like defensive play he made where oh, yeah. he, you know um, it was a it was a line drive right back up, right back to him. He caught off the backhand and then threw that six bounce out to first, which yeah. I thought was not going to make it, but it did. Yeah. He's such a good defender. It's unbelievable. Mar- Marcus Stroman. But that throw is- was ugly, though. It, like, bounced on the dirt, like, six, seven times. Yeah. No, Marcus Stroman knows how to flex and he knows how to have swag because I'm guessing the do the do rag that that would fall under the headband uh, policy. Yeah, because yeah, because we all we also oh. Luke Void who like has longish hair. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, but, and he had that guy like as someone who played with long hair like way back in the day. I don't know why he he goes for like that wide band that kind of like covers yeah. like, the whole thing. That just looks uncomfortable. Yeah, I went they full, do look uncomfortable. I went full 90s basketball player. I had like the slim ass headband where I was like, okay, put it down over here and then position it so that all the hair is crazy kind of goes like, like outside. Right. I mean, listen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mets starting pitching, do you guys mind if I just speak for like a minute? If oh, this is, if this is gonna be, oh wait, wait, hold, hold on, let, let me guess it. Blah, 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 Jacob DeGrom, blah, 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 no, blah, bro, to go. Bro. blah, blah, like, blah, I'm blah, I'm sorry, blah. no, no, in all, in all seriousness, <laughs> I've like I, I said it for the first time like a few months back. Jacob Degrom, like it was very hard for me to admit it, but it's becoming like easier. Jacob Degrom is my favorite baseball player who is not on the Yankees. Um, and for some time, I've literally gone out of my way to watch him pitch, and I still do. And that easily has to be the best decision that I've ever made because the dude is not normal. I don't know how many of his starts you guys have watched this season. I watched the, uh, the Rocky start. It is like literally a privilege to watch this guy work. He's not a pitcher. He is literally an artist, bro. Picasso has nothing on this guy. The way he just gets up, even when he's uncomfortable, like in one of his starts, he was a little shaken up and he just like didn't give up any runs. And he like averages like 14 strikeouts a game. Are you kidding me? Even when he's shaky, he ends up giving up like one earned run, strikes out 13. 
like walks one I personally I don't think I've ever seen this before I don't know if we ever will the guy and if to, to you guys and to our listeners if you don't watch every single Jacob deGrom start you're really missing out because again I really don't think I've ever seen anything like this and if the Mets win Jacob deGrom is like 90% of the reason why Jacob, so Jacob deGrom just just for some added uh brilliance this year 15.75 k's per nine uh yeah uh and and, and get this 0.45 era 1.32 fip and this is what blows my mind uh, no his ground ball rate is only 26 and a half (laughs) percent wow dude he's like funny it's literally funny it's wild because like if you think like he's he doesn't even like the like Every, like all the infielders and outfielders can just sit down. Can literally just sit on the grass. They don't do anything. They, they can just literally put their glove down and just and just watch them. And he, he and he's <laughs> current. He's currently at twenty nine point four percent soft contact. Bro, like, granted, I'm, I will say that he's going to regress at some point. So we just of don't know. We just don't know when. Yeah, but yeah. like. But like I think the question right now is just it's kind of like with Gio Urshela when he broke out with the Yankees in 2019. Just how much is he going to regress, dude? I like, mean, but he's still at that rate where he's getting better year by year. So I think yeah. the regression is a, is a ways away. This guy is unbelievable. The, I'm so lucky to have the him. big question with the ground because he, he's what 32 right now. I think he's 33 actually. He no, he turns 33. Um, oh okay June, yeah june 19th he turns 33 yeah yeah and his fastball velocity is already like on the average flat fastball velocity for the year 98.9 mm-hmm. he's throwing his change up a lot less he's becoming very much a fastball slider guy which like yeah. i don't know i don't know how that how he, what he's gonna do once that velocity dips i mean hopefully he spin, he just learns how to spin the ball better that's the thing degrom is that good that i think he'll be able to make adjustments just fine when the time mm-hmm. comes kiyoshi i'd like you to weigh in on this as well uh in fact, in fact both of you actually yeah the, the only time i can remember other time i can remember a pitcher being this dominant for an extended period of time was during like that i think it was that three four year stretch when randy johnson was on the diamondbacks in his prime oh, yeah when he when he was just like striking out three hundred guys a year, putting up like a like an ERA somewhere in the twos. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, I'm I'm young, so I don't I, I like I would say I know about those years, but I don't remember yeah. them. I was really young then, but maybe I would, you I would definitely say yeah, Randy Johnson. I would definitely you could even maybe remember, oh remember oh Duque? I mean, he not that he, he like struck he didn't strike out as many people. He never had the dominant stretch that the ground did, though. He was he was like, Actually, well, I mean, well, not well, not as long. I feel like for Oduke was, I feel like Oduke's like, like dominance was, I think, correlated, if I'm not mistaken, Josh, with them um, with like, like the the prime quote unquote late '90s years. We're talking about maybe nine, uh, like '97, '98, '99. Not gonna say that you know he was, um, well, actually, it might have been a. Pretty good for the, at least those three years because, like, he was on for some, for, between him, Pettit, they were on top of the world. Nah, bro. He, 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 Hernandez never on, even, um, I'm looking at his home. numbers now. He never even touched a Grom. Yeah. His lowest ERA. I'm not comparing, like, their numbers. I'm just comparing, like, their just their dominance. I mean, obviously, DeGrom is, is definitely more of a strikeout pitcher. I'm just saying, in, just in terms of, in terms of quality innings. I mean, it. yeah, I guess. I mean, Josh just said, like, dominant, like the most dominant pitcher, you know? I, mean, I, I definitely wouldn't yeah. put right, in that conversation. Because I, I mentioned Randy Johnson, right? Right. So, yes. Yeah, so I have I, one for you guys. And, Josh, I'm actually happy you asked the question because I was going to ask you guys this. For me personally, I feel like the best, at least from what I've seen, it would have to be um, Clayton Kershaw from, like, yeah, 2011 – to like 2014 um and i mean yeah. clayton kershaw a lot of people consider him to be an all-time great we could even argue that that stretch was even better than Degrom's. um like he had a sub two era twice no, during yeah, that span right. yeah, yeah so and i think took, it would have and, to be kershaw and took home an mvp trophy 
And, right, of course. But similarly, just looking at Randy Johnson's uh, stretch that I that I mentioned. So this this was from 1999 to 2002, and in, in 1999 that was Johnson's age 35 season. Over that four year stretch, 2.48 ERA, 1,417 of 4,875 career strikeouts, and Johnson also won the Cy Young every year. Led the led the National League in ERA three out of those four years. Yeah. Led the majors in ERA once. Led the majors in strikeouts all four of those years. Mm-hmm. And, and and it really makes you think, like, why did the Yankees sign him after that after those years? Because like, well, no, no, he uh, they traded for him. Yeah, it makes me think, like, why did we like? It, I I can understand why we did it, like after you rattle off all those stats and I get it, but at a, at a certain point, even with DeGrom, I hate to admit it, Lean, there's a certain point where the end, like father time is undefeated. And unfortunately, there's going to come a certain point where DeGrom isn't going to have it. I mean, granted, I feel like the Mets are still, I feel like they're still in good hands. They still got Stroman, still got Syndergaard when he comes back. So, like they're good, but and and honestly, both of them could have ace have ace stuff, but I feel like just especially especially to you, Lean, and maybe to you, Josh. Like enjoy these years because oh yeah, uh, like the clock the clock is ticking. No, we, we were Josh and I were just talking about that. Like definitely the regression is gonna come. Well, that's the thing if you because we were talking about Randy Johnson when you brought this up, Kiyoshi. Like obviously, uh, Jacob Degrom and Randy Johnson are like different, but. Randy Johnson, like his first, I guess, bad season was his second year with the Yankees. Homeboy right. was 42 years old. Jacob DeGrom is 32 years old. And not just that, like some, something else to something else to remember with Randy Johnson coming to the Yankees. First off, let's call it like it is. That was a George move. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was 100% a George move. Um, and by that point, he was 40 years old and... People always forget Randy Johnson, even before that trade, had a long history of back trouble. Mm-hmm. And also, like, his first year at the Yankees, he wasn't terrible. He, won he really wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, 17... Sub-4 ERA. Yeah, sub-4 ERA. And, like, yeah, the high threes ERA, that's a very un-Johnson-like number. But you could also argue, okay, he's also playing in the AL East. Mm. And then the next year, when he has the 5 ERA, he's a year older. Mm-hmm. Um and he had like that, and for, I'd have to go back and look at his game log, but from what I understand about that that season Randy Johnson had, he kind of hit a cold streak and never quite snapped out of it. Maybe he was tip, maybe he was tipping his pitches. But even then, like once he got traded back to the Diamondbacks, you could see like, okay, it wasn't a, uh, a Yankees issue. It wasn't he couldn't pitch in New York. The dude just got old. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was definitely better in those two seasons with Arizona. Like, he definitely did. I won't say bounce back because he obviously didn't. Like, he was better, but, like, for sure, it definitely it, – it wasn't – you can't say it was, like, a Yankees thing. Like, the dude was hmm. – he and retired that, at 45, you know? Yeah, and, and not just that. Like, Randy Johnson, once he – I think he lives in – he lives in Arizona full time. Or by that point, he was. So when Oh, really? Yeah, so – at that point when you're going home and even as old as you are, you're pitching at your home ballpark, but then you don't have to worry about renting a place. You're going to go home and sleep in your own bed where yeah, you're not going to have to worry about moving at all in the twilight of your career. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's true. And then going to the giants was just a homecoming for him because he's from NorCal. Right. That didn't go very well, but a hundred percent. You're right. Um, anyway, but like, yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to the Mets. Um, enough Jacob DeGrom, whatever. The, 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 uh, we should preface the Mets when they're actually able to play. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, the, do you, do you guys remember two years ago when like all of the Yankees games kept getting postponed because yeah, of weather? Yeah, this is like, literally like the same thing. It's man. weather and COVID, it's right? A whole yeah. pandemic. Right? Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. Um, so the Mets, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six games postponed already this season. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and as a result, like I said earlier, I don't mean to like discount the team's efforts, but they have literally failed upward into wins. Like, uh, let, let's go. Rec- let's go post Marlins series. Okay, with the Phillies, 
doubleheader, seven inning doubleheader game. And then one of them was extra innings and with that stupid extra runner rule. Oh, so oh, and, bad. oh, and can we talk about how David Peterson caught the Phillies on a bad day? Like what the actual hell? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that game, but yeah. <laughs> and the fact oh. if David Peterson's beating the Bryce Harbor Phillies and striking them out 10 times, no less, that's a problem. Uh, actually, uh, Josh, I'm glad you brought that up. Speaking of David Peterson, I feel like a bunch of people, including my family, were a little concerned with his first outing. That you're right, he definitely caught the Phillies, <clears throat> excuse me, on a bad day. But I think that was like really, that was very encouraging what we saw from him that, okay, like, you know, maybe his first start was just a rough one. He'll be able to bounce back, whatever. <laughs> I think, especially with right now, with both Syndergaard and, um, and Carrasco out like you need Peterson to be at his best so absolutely sign yeah and the, and the fact that I also went to Colorado I, I will give the Mets credit going into Coors Field and not just playing well but keeping but keeping your wins low scoring very hard to do absolutely very yeah. very hard to do um, do you guys want to just like, I'm kind of taking a look at the Mets uh, lineup right? but, or like the roster right now. Let's talk about some yeah, of the big real, names, real fast, real fast though. Like I just want oh, to point ahead. it. I just want to, I just want to, yeah. Cause I'm sorry. I got, I, I was like, I got lost in my notes all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like with the Mets, they're kind of like stumbling into these wins, like or the circumstantial wins. Cause they, they had the double header in Colorado mm-hmm. and they won the one game real tight. Then they, they get blown out in the second one because Herman Marquez owns them. Then, oh, Str- yeah. then Stroman has the statement start. And then like, oh, yeah, great, great, great. Let's build off of that. And then you lose to the Cubs in Chicago. Yeah, you, yeah. you lose to Jake Arrieta's old ass. Yeah, that, that, def- that was not a pretty game. I don't know about you guys. I watched that. It was not pretty. I right? watched, yeah, I was honestly surprised that y'all, I think at one point you guys had, I think at one point, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had bases loaded in the, I think it was like either seventh or the eighth, and just shot the bed. Or my, or, or my I, I was, I was telling my brother, I was like, "Damn, bro, you're the Mets are like they're pulling a Yankees right now. Like this is pretty. Oh wow, this is pretty wild. Because we, you know how the it Yankees like, <laughs> bro, we love to leave the bases loaded, and now the Mets are doing the same thing. And it's just, uh, yeah. um, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Mets. Are, oh, Kyoshi, it's even worse. It was the ninth inning. Yeah, yeah, the top top of the ninth yesterday. Mets, Jeff McNeil, walk, JD Davis, strikeout, James McCann, walk, Giorme, single, bases loaded with one out. Nimmo strikes out, Lindor grounds out to first. Mm-hmm. Damn. And wow. it turned out right. to be the most Mets way to lose ever. Oh yeah. Like you would think. And I'm sorry, that's the Yankees way to lose. Sorry. That's straight. exactly that's and, that, yeah. yeah. It's almost like we're in like this weird version of Freaky Friday where like the the Yankees are just can't do shit and the Mets are just like do 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 we're just gonna we're just here we're just yeah, chilling you know winning even I mean, some, some of our games are postponed but you know the games that we do play we're still so we're gonna win them but maybe I was thinking maybe we could try to preview the next couple games because we have the we have one more game against the Braves tonight which and they're we going up against Ian Anderson, which I feel like we can, we would still be able to pull this one out. And then we're going up against the Indians who I think we could, we could, you know, try to get at least one more win out of, out of that series. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Cleveland is kind of, is kind of like a bizarre version of the Yankees because their pitching has been pretty good, but they haven't been hitting well. Yeah. They're hitting so, has been wor- they're like one of three teams that's worse than the Yankees in hitting, which is like a yikes. And, and even then, it might be a statistical tie. Um, I swear. Yeah. So, and not to mention like uh, progressive field or the, or the Jake, as as old farts like me call it. Um, the like the Yankees have had a hard time winning there uh, during the regular season as of late, but in the playoffs, like we saw last year, it's like, hey, let's go. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm. I'm nervous about that series, especially because there's there's supposed to be some weather moving through Cleveland this weekend, mm. and hopefully, like no one cramps up or gets hurt. But I'm just in a phase where I expect bad things from the Yankees, unless proven otherwise. So, like if if they go on like a six game losing streak, I will not be surprised in the slightest. I, I, it's also great because we we need to discuss this as well, just as baseball fans. This is this is both a Yankees and Mets thing, and this goes across all baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, I feel that may, maybe you guys feel this too. 
Um, I, I know I feel it. There's definitely some sort of collective, almost PTSD thing going on with going around with baseball fans where like you watch the team and they're playing bad, very badly. And it's almost twice as frustrating because we, it's very easy to forget. No, no, we have a full 162 games this year. And Possibly. I think, and I think just because with, with the Yankees, especially everything went off the rails so hard, so fast uh, at the worst possible time last year, we still haven't quite recovered from that. Yeah, and and like and we see it throughout, and we see it in the standings too. Like, wait, am, am I the only one here who watches Stranger Things? No, I watch it. Okay, so you'll look at the standings as well. Wait, Kyoshi, what'd you say? Uh, oh, you're muted, dude. Kyoshi, take yourself off mute. You're you're muted. Take yourself off mute. Sorry. What? Sorry. It was one of those shows that I I haven't um I'm not really into, but. I, I follow it loosely, but go ahead. No, that's, okay. Yeah, I have friends who aren't into it either. Okay, yeah. so Lean, you, you'll get this. If you look at if you look at the state of the standings uh, with every division except the the NL West, mm. it's like it's like we're in the upside down. Yeah, the Royals are in first Factual. place. The Red Sox are in first. The Angels are in first. My Cincinnati Reds are in first, which I'm so excited <laughs> about. God damn it. <laughs> Shut up, Kyoshi. So, yeah, it's like nothing makes sense anymore. Maybe like, and maybe what we're feeling is kind of transferring to some of the players too. Because if you look at, okay, Lee, will, will you agree with me on this? And Kyoshi, you too. If a team goes into a season like, with the expectation you know what, like, there's not much to play for. Let's just go out and play. And under the right circumstances, with, with the right group of players and the, and the right manager, a team might play well and play with that approach, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. I mean, maybe that explains with the Red Sox. Okay, maybe Alex Cora was the answer all along. <laughs> as much I as do- I don't like it. Look, I mean, I, I, we, I look, I, like, it's hard because it's easy – for us or i don't know if the word easy is the right word to use but it's nice for us to sit here and just try to come up with like i don't want to say excuses but reasons and explanations as to why our team is underperforming Mm. at the end of the day like it, it sucks and we shouldn't have to for a team such as the yankees especially we shouldn't have to do this like we shouldn't have to say okay yes but you know, like it's like well, that, get that over applies to the Mets too, because the because the Mets have a very good team on paper, same as the Yankees. Oh, cool. well, I mean, at least the Mets are not the worst thing in the world. Like the Yankees right. are literally one of the worst teams in baseball right now. Right. You know what I'm yes. Saying? Yeah. Like like Mets fans, I see it. I can see the atmosphere in my own home. You know, like my dad is not celebrating, but he's not complaining, which is pretty new. My brother <laughs> has been in a pretty good mood. You know, so whereas me, I'm sitting here just bitching and moaning like on the daily. How- you know. Now, here's a question. How are you and Safe collectively balancing baseball and basketball right around this time of year, especially with the Knicks and Nets both in the playoffs? Mm. Dude, dude. So, like, we're in the car, right? We were we were going somewhere, like, in the uh, at night a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And we're just we were staying, like, kind of quiet. Homeboy turns to me and goes, yo, when Zion comes to the Knicks, like, <laughs> all seriousness. Talk about it. He's like, we're going to play Zion at the five, right? RJ at the two. Maybe Roser quickly at the one. And then you got Kawhi at the three slash the four. That's it. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth gaped. Like, are you actually (laughs) kidding? Like, are you serious right now? Like, like, sir, sir. Like, I need you to calm down. Okay, okay, perfect. First things first. But, but not for nothing. Listen, Zion, I'm sure as he's, you know, getting more ingratiated with, with the NBA landscape, he, I'm sure he's looking at the Knicks, seeing how well they play defense, even though they can't score well. He's like, yo, I could be a great addition there. Kyoshi, did you hear his at, uh, at endorsement money? You did you hear his and, did you and hear and his press conference? Too? Did you hear his presser? That's why my brother started saying this. Because literally, it's what it's it's like kind of like going off what you were saying. And after you guys played the Pelicans, he was like, "Yeah, like after New Orleans, I yeah. love playing and like whatever, right. whatever." So next yeah, time, like, took that and guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I'm sure he, he realizes and trying to get more of an understanding of the NBA landscape, the the endorsement money he can make, 
and playing one of his best friends from college mm. and playing on a team that actually has a legit chance to make knock on wood a fairly like maybe a deep playoff run because okay. he, as we all know defense wins championships okay this is deviated so from the question i first oh, asked yeah. no, but, uh, we got track. My bad. But I, I guess i'll just have my two cents as well sorry that was my bad too sorry no, it's all right look i i love the idea of zion coming to new york i think that he and rj with that history it pretty much writes itself it's not going to happen and if it does it's, it's going to be at least five years before it does yeah yeah it's going to be it's, a hot moment. okay mr it, pessimist what it's what it's it's very much in the I'm putting it under the umbrella of I will believe it when I see it. Yeah, that's fair. Because now, first off, Zion's great. The guy is like Paul Millsap, but with twice the strength and no low post game. The guy is an absolute tank. The reason, like, the reason he's so good is because he's so damn big that he like he uses that speed and quickness to drive to the, drive the paint. Guys are like, okay, either I gotta like take a really big bump or I let him go. Mm-hmm. And okay. Two broken, usually they let him go. Well, when the option is that or three broken ribs, then it's an easy choice. Right. So, but, but anyway, like, yeah, like how long, yeah, but how, how are you balancing watching baseball and basketball at the same time, especially when they're on the same night? I mean, like, um, I definitely, well, also I think it has to do with like your sport of choice. First of all, even though like, so I prefer baseball. Like I like baseball more than I like basketball as much as sure. I love my nets. Um, my brother is the opposite. He likes basketball more than baseball, but we've kind of been watching uh, leaning definitely more baseball. Even my brother, I think it's because baseball like just started a few weeks ago. So, you mm-hmm. know, when like a sport comes back and you're super excited, yeah. honestly, and I would think basketball is at the bottom of the totem pole for us right now. I watch hockey way more than I watch basketball too. Not necessarily out of choice. Yeah. It's because like, you know, I, I write about the games and stuff. So yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely tough having to watch all of these sports at the same time. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, like one thing I've been doing, depending on on like what my next commitments are for that because because if i'm doing media for next that has to be on the tv like end of course of dis- end of discussion i'm the same way yeah yeah but if uh but if like if i don't have media duty i'll pull up the game i'll pull up back i'm on my laptop and i'll have exactly. either, and i'll have like the yankees on the tv or if i'm watching some with kate and i'll have next on the laptop yankees like yes app on the phone right, i'll like right, double right. yeah I'll, like double screen all that i feel you i'm basically the same way yeah you know? Um, I'm, I'm pre- you're preaching to the, I mean, I'm basically preaching to the choir here, but I basically have a, a similar setup where there has been, you know, a number of times where, and which is, I think is fantastic, where a Nick game, which is something that wasn't, honestly, wasn't that common, not not that long ago, about, you know, a year or two ago, where they're actually on ESPN, where I can regularly find them right. on ESPN. Right. So I have that on. But I have like the Yankees on my phone or even vice versa. Um, I mean, obviously, because of this podcast, obviously Yankees take a bit more precedent, but I think it's really cool to to be to just be a New York fan because all these teams are going through so much. The obviously the Yankees are are going through a very humbling period <laughs> in, in, in this season. The 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 Mets are getting a, a modicum of success. The Knicks are have won seven straight, which I never thought was going to happen. And with the this Mets group. are like they're not even at full strength, and we don't even know what we don't even know their full potential. So there's a lot of like very interesting like storylines that that come up, and I think it's going to be really interesting, but. One of the things I wanted to bring up real real quick was, Lean, what do you think about the next couple of games for your Mets? Because you have the Cubs. Bro, I'm um, not a Mets fan. You do this like every week. I'm a Yankee Oh, yeah, fan, that's right. You, but I feel like you stick up, but not for nothing, you stick up for the Mets way harder than this, the two This is, well, no, because like I feel like we're really biased sometimes, so I try to balance it out. Yeah, you know? we try. We, is, we do try to Yeah, this is Yankees-Mets podcast, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, well, also, I, I, I roast my team more than I roast other teams in all sports, by the way, so – yeah, and also like living with with two Mets fans certainly like forces you to look at them through a different lens than you would then. Oh, say. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And my brother says the same thing to me about the Yankees as well. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, either way, then I guess I'll post it. I'll pose it to both of you. So okay. the Mets have the next two uh, games against the Cubs coming up, and then they have a three a three game homestand against the Nationals. They the six and nine Nationals, which still don't have Strasburg. Um, they're I feel like they're kind they're, of they just they just lost Juan Soto. Oh shit! I didn't know they just. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder last night. Uh, right. So okay. So now we got that little storyline going in. What do you What do you guys think of the next couple of games for the for the Mets? Do you think they'll they'll fall back down to earth? Lean, you go uh, first. Relatively. Sure. Uh, for the for the Cubs, I'm actually not entirely sure. Uh, the Cubs one is going to be tricky. The next two games. Do we know who the Mets and Cubs starters are for these two games? Uh, yeah, I got it right here. The Mets are nice. rolling with Peterson. The Mets are rolling Peterson with today, right? Peterson, yeah. Lucchese tomorrow. The Mets have Davies and Williams uh, going uh, tonight mm-hmm. and tomorrow. Zach, right. Yeah, Zach Davies. And the Williams, I can't believe I'm blanking on Williams' first name. Um, yeah, who are you Trevor about? Williams, Trevor Williams. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so I think today, um, I think I would give the Mets the dub today, but I won't be surprised if they lose. For tomorrow... Did you seriously actually, just call a win a dub? Yeah, what? Yeah, it's a W. Yeah, it's a W. Josh is a little old. It's a guys. Sorry, I, I don't know. It's for our new listeners. Josh. All is right, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh, come oh. on! Don't be like that, Joshy boy. I'm sorry. You gotta pick on one today's lingo, kid. <laughs> it's okay, Gramps. You know I'm just messing with you. It's wow, like... <laughs> I didn't go that far. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I give the 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 Mets the the win. Josh, when it starts with the letter W, dub is short for W. So okay. I know what it stands for. I'm just judging you for saying it. No, I know. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I give the mess the win today. Like I said, I won't be surprised if they lose. Tomorrow, yeah, this is why I'm really happy we brought this up. Uh, Joey Lucchese, bro. I don't know exactly what the Mets are doing. Um, it's been – this experiment hasn't been particularly good. And so I think it's time – Maybe give him one more start, a.k.a. tomorrow. And once he looks awful, I really think they need to consider calling up uh, Jordan Yamamoto. Uh, I think that before the season started, we talked about this on the pod, about how great of a pickup we thought that was, Yamamoto. And I think that Lucchese is showing that he really isn't it, and he's definitely going to be a reason why the Mets drop games. So why not throw Yamamoto in there? That's what I would do if I were them. So, yeah, I would predict an L for the Mets tomorrow. I like them. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, jackass, I knew that. (laughs) This is giving me life. And then just real quick for the National Series. so much sometimes. (laughs) I don't know if the Mets will sweep, but I think they will win the series against the Nationals for sure. I don't really like how the Nationals look right now, especially that starting rotation. I, so I am not. In, I am not in the business of predicting games win or lose. I think I feel. Yeah. That, I feel that like in all sports, this this applies to baseball, basketball, hockey, even tennis. We'll throw in there. I feel that sports in general, no matter how many numbers may may stack up in one side's favor, are unpredictable, and that's the beauty of them. And therefore, I think trying to predict what's going to happen in one individual game or one set of games is pointless. Mm-hmm. However, I will I will say that for the Mets, like the remaining two game two games against the Cubs as well as the National Series, the team's mantra has to be no more excuses, mm-hmm. because yeah the season hasn't gotten off to a great start or i'm sorry the season hasn't gotten off to an ideal start and i'm talking specifically all these postponements um and now like there's no excuse to lose to the cubs especially only put up one run against them when jake arietta is pitching the cubs are not that good they are they're trying to trade chris bryan and wilson Contreras and everybody else for a reason they know the window is closed we have to blow up the team soon um and so if the mets lose the series against the Cubs and Washington, even if they, let's say, win one game and just lose two out of three both times. To me, that's just another that's another th- uh, piece of evidence to, as as I said last week before the, uh, the episode died, Luis Rojas <laughs> isn't the guy. He ain't it. Mm. Oh, so, he, did you guys see he got ejected last night? Really? I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch any baseball the, last night. I was out. 
they had uh they had two ejections taiwan walker that was funny to me taiwan walker got ejected uh, but it was so dumb he was arguing a call that like wasn't even close to being a strike and like they called it a ball and he argued that so he got ejected and then later on uh luis rojas was uh was ejected i think uh i think that's good show show some energy because josh i'm kind of with you i'm really I, I i don't really think this is the guy you know so I think and the like, least he could do is show some emotion. And, and similarly, like, that that kind of uh, is a good way for us to circle back to the Yankees and how bad they are because, like, they were so bad against the Rays last weekend that Boone yelled at the team Friday night. Yeah, clearly that did nothing. I actually think Aaron Boone is one of the team's problems. I, I understand yeah. that, like, he's definitely a puppet. There's not really, like, we all know that he's a puppet for Cashman, which is fine because that's the way that baseball is now. Yeah. But I think that one of the issues with the Yankees is the fact that they have, like, no energy and they just, like, you can tell it's a very flat team. And I think a managerial change would shake things up. They're, they're that's not... My friend said that, like, this this team is run like a nursery. And they, they literally, they need someone like Joe Girardi. I'm sick of all this, like, I'm your friend. Let's dance around and sing Kumbaya. Like, no. We need yeah. to see some wins. And I want to see an authoritative figure, like, behind the helm for that. I, I, I will also say, Lean. Don't you also think that Boone has maybe earned another shot or at least maybe a longer leash because of what he has accomplished? So that no, that's an interesting question, Kiyoshi, because like, for example, come, so, okay, let me, I never liked the whole Aaron Boone thing. I, you mm-hmm. know, I was never a fan, whatever, but... Right. Coming into the season, for example, definitely of all of my concerns with the Yankees, Aaron Boone was not at the top of the list. Right now, I'm not I'm not saying that Aaron Boone needs to be fired because he's a bad manager. I don't even think he does anything. He takes orders from Brian Cashman and then implements them, which is fine. Again, that's what baseball is now. Right. But I think, like I just said, one of the issues with this team is the energy is the fact josh you in the episode that got like that was lost you and I, we even like talked about this for a little bit i talked How, about it earlier today exactly mm-hmm. exactly we, I, I, I was talking specifically about the race series but yeah this can apply like on the broad spectrum they there's just you see it like it's, it's as if when they start losing that's it they're just deflated you said you saw it at the game that you were at and I'm not, this is definitely not Aaron Boone's fault specifically. I just think that Boone has to become like a sacrifice in a way in order for this team to even kind of bounce back. I personally think you need to make a change at the position. Aaron Boone is definitely not a core issue. Like I told you, I don't think this group of Yankees will ever win. I just think if you want to see at least something improve, I do. I would like to see Boone gone for someone with you know that's a little firmer not so buddy buddy with the guys but that's just my personal opinion yeah uh kiyoshi you, you look like you're about to say something okay yeah. um just i'm just gonna think i'm just thinking really quick like we had um alluded to or like like i mentioned earlier i think just shaking up the lineup and i think if boone had the had the maybe the stones to shake up the lineup and implement what I had mentioned just to just to give a different look, just to kind of um, take pressure off people. I think especially moving Stanton down down a little bit until he heats up, because this isn't anything new. I feel like Stanton always kind of heats up as the season progresses. And not for nothing, mm-hmm. we're not even a quarter way through. A we're quarter, not. And I actually, we're not. I did. I did some. I quote unquote crunched the numbers. This the. The first quarter of the season would actually be the series against, I believe, against against the Orioles, and that's in mid-May. Yeah, the, now, yeah, we're, we're barely. Now, I, I did the, that, I did some math too, Kiyoshi. We're like barely at the ten percent mark right now. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that means we have about three weeks from right now to kind of get shit moving. Now, if at that point we're still in the cellar, then then the panic button maybe the at least the lid on the panic button should be pressed. I'm not saying that you know we need to sell or trade we need to you know be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Let's let's see where we are. I mean I feel like like and like in the 
in the episode that ended up getting deleted, I feel like as Yankee fans, we're spoiled. We're used to we are. starting of off great. But when it doesn't, and it's not even like a quarter way through the season, we're just like, oh, what the fuck's going on? This the, you know, like we get spoiled. It's like, hey, let's, let's take a breath. You know, let's wait until we're until, until we get healthy. And maybe, just maybe, this could be the naive optimist here. Naive optimist talking. What if Luke Boyd, Luke Voigt gets back and that's the spark? That sets well, up that, everything. That goes like hen straight or some shit. But that's like not what good. if? Just what if? Yeah, but but that just goes back to what I said earlier, yeah. Kiyoshi, where like if, where like if Luke if Luke Voigt or any player being injured is the end all be all this lineup performing to its max potential, that just shows to me you've got to stop investing in analytics and get this entire team of sports psychologists. Yeah, that's that's mm. very concerning. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. Like I, 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 I'm saying this as someone who was on the phone in a therapy session before we recorded, who has been in therapy for uh, it'll be six years this summer. Like oh. it is the benefits of such like are unbelievable. Literally, like, everyone should have a therapist. I swear, mm. I'll die yeah. on that hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, mm. wait, wait. Am, am I the only, yeah. I'm, am I the only I one here? Who, am I the only one here who has a therapist? Show of hands. I do not have a therapist. I, I, I want not. one though. I, I do support. Um, you you getting therapy? I think that is a very good point in terms of bringing the sports psychologist to kind of yeah. talk to the players, especially Stanton, because he, I feel like he's there's no reason why someone that strong and that like intimidating should be striking out, looking and looking so uninterested. Actually, actually that this we don't have a lot of time left, but I think that bleeds into because I had I had one last point I wanted to make about Aaron Boone, but this at but Kyoshi, you actually just led into it perfectly. Okay. All right. Picture some some of like the worst Yankees losses from the last, let's say three years. Let's say from okay. let's say from 2018 and on. Yeah. Are there games where you think the umpiring had a big factor in the loss? Because for me the answer is a hard is a hard yes. Yeah, but like I'm not gonna blame the umpiring for this. No, being no, 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 no. That, that, that's not that's not where I'm going. I'm I'm saying like when the umpiring's bad, what's to stop Boone from just getting out there and getting himself kicked out of the game to fire up the team like mm-hmm. Rojas was clearly trying to do yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Boone has done it. Yeah. And Boone has done it in the very recent pa- in the very recent past. If I'm the mm-hmm. if I'm Aaron Boone right now and with the way the team's looking, and if it is one of those games where we are continually barking at the umpire from the dugout, for me, I'm saying I'm mar- make, taking a mental note. Next time that happens, I'm getting tossed. Yeah. So. I mean, that's that's the least that should be happening. So yeah, I'm with you there, John. And, and I yeah. think it's like one of those things that's like crazy enough to work to like try to work up not only work up the team, but like work up the crowd and because I feel like it's a it's a it's a chain reaction. Let's say it's a shitty call against against your boy Lean, Brett Gardner. Boone comes out, <laughs> char- trips at the at the ump, ump throws him out, keeps chirping, he walks away. Crowd goes wild. Let's just say the next person up is DJ LeMayhew. So now the pitcher in this hypothetical world I'm, I'm painting is like, oh shit, DJ LeMayhew comes up. Now that pitcher's got to refocus considering he just saw the opposing manager get ejected. May, and maybe LeMayhew hits a home run. I'm saying All I'm saying is that that kind of momentum and energy can carry on further than you think. And I think that it's like a kind of like an easy, it's an easy out to blame the ump, even though it is somewhat legit. I, when I think about those losses, I think about how like uninterested and how unemotional we look after a bad loss. Because it's one thing to, to blame the ref is another thing. I mean, to blame the ref, to blame the ump is another thing to come up to bat and take, you know, a fastball down at the knees and then just walk away. Well, yeah, because like, because an umpire missing several calls on the outside and extending the Yankees pitchers innings, that doesn't have anything to do with like the, with the bats performance. Yes. Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, uh, it's been a very frustrating uh, start to the baseball season on both ends because, like, even even though the Mets are above five hundred, they're they're underperforming on paper. We all know. Oh, it. for sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, and but, they're barely even playing. <laughs> yeah, 
Anyway, uh, that's all for Yankees Mets Express today. This has been part of Elite Sports NY, Elite Sports Radio, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports. Special thanks to Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. You can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y. At lean underscore Amin on Twitter. You can find me at It's Kiyoshi and also on Instagram at It's Yosh. Instagram's a wonderful place these days. It is. Yeah. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple. I think we're on Stitcher now. Please subscribe. Give us a listen. We need the numbers. If you have questions, uh, shoot us a message on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, I'm not on Instagram to, to justify giving up mine. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, and always forget, the Brooklyn Nets are NBA gentrification. Go, Knicks. You just lost the game. Yeah. As always, stand clear of the closing doors. Let's Hashtag go, Nets. Knicks, Knicks tape, let's go. Let's go.